Welcome once again into the Soccer OG. Hey, that's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 181. As always, as we approach the end of 2023, a gentle reminder to rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend. And what better gift for the holiday season than the gift of the Soccer OG podcast? Yeah, let people know. Put it on a piece of paper, put a bow on it, and say, here, uh, why don't you uh, download this next year? Merry Christmas. Kidding, obviously, but you know, it's uh, been an incredible 2023, and 2024 is going to be bigger. And as we have seen from news breaking around U.S. soccer and MLS, soccer in this country, in North America, is a year-round league. There is no off-season. It has been tremendous, and we have a lot to discuss. So we're here. We're not taking any weeks off. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little vacation week. Coming up in the business end, we'll be joined by Brett Oppenheim. I know many of you know him from his show on Netflix, Selling Sunset, and now Selling OC. Well, he is also now an ambassador for U.S. soccer. I, I was with him in Austin, Texas, for the U.S. men's national team against Trinidad and Tobago. And he is a huge fan, and he has got his stuff together, and he is looking for ways to connect the dots from the top to the bottom. I think he, he, you want to stick around for that. It's a really interesting story to tell, and we'll get about his fandom and how we can make American soccer better for everyone. Coming up in Check Complete, this is something I've worked very hard on, obviously on Twitter with the news about MLS diverting out of U.S. Open Cup with their senior teams and now coming back, and also the new roster rules. I've been in this business a long time, and I know we we get into these back and forths on social media. I'm going to lay out everything I know, give you what the experiences I've had on how things operate why things work, why things don't work, where things have to head for soccer to survive in the United States. Because I will tell you this, many times it is hanging over the precipice. That is not lip service. It is the real deal Holyfield. And we have to proceed with caution. So I'll, I'll empty the chamber and you can get back with me and we can discuss even further. But these are the facts. It's very well rehearsed. I've laid it all out. That is coming up on Check Complete. I know I always tell you to stick around and listen, but I think you will really appreciate this because I did my due diligence. It'll be all there. Check Complete. Brett Oppenheim in the business end. Big end of year shows coming your way. It's time for the rundown. We're not going to bury the lead here because I am going to talk about what happened with... U.S. soccer and Major League soccer and the Open Cup. But that was the news that broke on uh, a Wednesday as I am recording this. And the U.S. Soccer Federation announcing that it has ruled against Major League soccer from removing its first teams from the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup and replacing them with MLS Next Pro teams. I'll get into more de- details that, you know, but, I, you know, talking to some of the folks at MLS, they heard the displeasure from the folks, from the American soccer fans who by and large, a a vocal portion of them, want to duplicate in America what happens around the world where soccer has been so successful. And it has been with promotion relegation, cup competitions, an open system, all of that. And uh, all things that I would love to see, and I'll get more into that there, but that was pretty big. And for for fans that were vocal, you you, you were heard. Uh, I would say for those... My issue with all of it was the outrage um, 
from people that don't go to the U.S. Open Cup games. I've called and watched U.S. Open Cup from the beginning. It was one of the first things I ever did. I remember going to D.C. United, who was the Sounders versus Charleston Battery Final. It's very near and dear to me. I know for a fact that most of the people that claim that it's near and dear don't go or don't consume it. And if you're that passionate about it, go out and watch, attend a game or at least watch these games because that's the problem with the Open Cup. It feels like nobody cares. So if people care this much, let's, how do they say it? Let's walk the walk, not just talk the talk. So that was a, that was a big news drop. MLS schedule also coming out. You know, I mean, MLS wanted to have that news to itself. I'm sure of it. Kind of had to share it with this news, which in the end, this whole thing could be much ado about nothing. But we'll get into that. We'll save that later on Check Complete. We're also, uh, I guess, celebrating the one-year anniversary <laughs> of Argentina winning the World Cup. And I have to sit here and watch all the posts again, you know, from Andres Cantor putting the camera on him. <laughs> I've seen about 8,000. I don't even see that anymore. And all the celebrations. And, you know, it's wonderful. But my impression is Argentina hasn't stopped celebrating. It's not like they've stopped and gone. So... It's a, it was a wonderful World Cup. Johnny Infantino coming back out saying it was the best World Cup ever. You know, I hate it when people say that. It was a really good World Cup. It was a really good World Cup. But I think the fact that Qatar hosted it, to me, prevents it from getting that mantle, even though the games certainly put it in the conversation. So we, uh, we look at Argentina celebrating in it. It's just celebrations and celebrations. The videos are celebrations and celebrations. And the, I, man, those folks in Argentina got to get back to work. <laughs> They have this new president. You'll get back to work. No more celebrating. Just keep it in your mind and enjoy those memories. Are we going to bring this back every year? <laughs> it was quite a. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. I poo-poo on everything. But uh, it was. Uh, it, it, it's incredible that a year has passed, and uh, we don't want to be celebrating World Cup anniversaries around the holidays ever again. But we will when Saudi Arabia hosts the World Cup, which is imminent. Uh, we'll put the the final touches on that. And again, as I've said in the past, with all the issues that Saudi Arabia has, they have done more to get a World Cup than most other places. So as as long as they clear all the, the those issues, by all means, they should have that World Cup. All right. Then we're not talking about that. Liga Emeekis final. Real dud. I've been a really negative one. I'm sorry with all of this. But you talk about America Tigres. What I will say, I was watching on TUDN that, Production was amazing. It was at Estadio Azteca, two heavyweights. Obviously, the first game at the Volcan, Tigres, America, America, Tigres. Incredible images afterwards. I guess when you have a game of that stature and those teams and it's grinding, you may not have the best final because Liga MX had some great finals. By the way, we have to talk about Liga MX as well as it applies to MLS because the League's Cup is also involved with taking games off the plate of MLS teams. And that's what it was viewed in the U.S. Open Cup to make room for the League's Cup, which can be pretty demanding. You know, when Inter-Miami and Nashville made in the finals, you know, they played two group games, then a round of six, was it a round of 32? Was it, was it round of 16? Yeah, it was a round of 32, round of, you're talking like six games. So if you play all the way to the end, that's a lot of games. So uh, that's going to happen again next year in case you, did not know, and that is a big part of MLS's future. It's coming up in 2024. I'm excited to be involved with the league again and with LAFC. So, but back to the 
to what's happening there in, uh, in Mexico. Miguel Layun, obviously the figure of the moment for what he was able to accomplish winning that trophy in his final day as a professional. I loved it. It was beautiful to watch. I just wish the game was better. Plenty of football to watch. You know, it was Bundesliga action, uh, Barcelona, uh, Girona. Man, Girona. Girona, Girona. They, are, they win again and they win easily. I'm not saying they're going to win La Liga, but I think they're like five, six points ahead of Barcelona. Real Madrid's behind them. But this is one of the big stories to look forward to in the new year is if these teams in these big European leagues can hold on. I don't think Girona will. I think Real Madrid will eventually win that. I feel Bar- Bayer Leverkusen has a real shot in the Bundesliga. And they, uh, you know, the Bundesliga had a midweek round as well. Um, I, I just think they're a really good team. And they have everything that is required. And they won four zip over Bochum. So in the Bundesliga, they lead Bayern by four points. Stuttgart is eight points back. And, and they lost. Uh, so they're dropping points. So it's going to be tight. Dortmund's the disappointment there. But Bayer Leverkusen, I think, has the pieces in place that could make it. We have the Champions League to look forward to. We talked about the draw last week. And uh, the Premier League, happy holiday season right around the corner. So... We have a lot to look forward to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to duck out of here. So we have plenty of time for Brett, and I have plenty of time for Check Complete for my, I don't know what I'm going to call it, the state of American soccer from top to bottom in my monologue. I swear I have it scripted over seven pages. Forgive my cadence a little bit. I had a colonoscopy uh, today, which I recommend. I'm getting up there in years, so I had a colonoscopy so that... Uh, I recommend when you get up there to your late 40s or 50s to do it. And I think it's all good. I'm waiting for my test results, but it looked pretty positive. And uh, we will... Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I couldn't eat. I had to flush my... I don't want to give you the details, but you know, anesthesia and everything. But that's the commitment I have for you guys. I'm here for my podcast. The day I had a colonoscopy, I am dying for an icy cold beer. I can't have one until tomorrow. Can't have any greasy or spicy food. You better believe I'll be doing that tomorrow as well. And uh, enough of that. But here we are. The Soccer OG. Rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend. Check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. I have a new video there about PSV Eindhoven and the amazing effort these Americans are doing. The four Americans. Ernie Stewart is the technical director. Ricardo Pepe, Serginho Dest, as well as Malik Tillman. And what a huge 24 they will have. We'll talk more about PSV here on the podcast, but you have a great video on YouTube that I encourage you to check out. Check out all the videos. Check out all the podcasts here. Many of them are sort of evergreen with a great run of guests. Some big news ahead on 2024. But right now, it's time for the business end. We jump in here to the business end, and a gentleman I got uh, the pleasure to meet during the U.S. men's national team game against Trinidad down there in Austin. Brett Oppenheim, you many will know from Selling Sunset on Netflix and now Selling OC. This, I, I'm surprised I've got you for two minutes, Brett. You are oh, uh, the busiest man in Los Angeles, or SoCal, I should say. No, not true, not true. Plus, man, I, I've run into you a few times. I'm totally, totally uh, happy to, honored to jump on your pod. I, I, I told you offline, I've been watching your pod for a couple years now. Well, let me tell you something about Brett, which was really overwhelming because we got these invites for the U.S. men's national team game. And I heard it from uh, tactical manager, Filippo, who I keep in touch with. 
And he said, you're going to do this? You want to come down? And I said, oh, great. And he mentioned, Brett mentioned for you to come in. And I was like, whoa. So uh, it was a, it was a very rewarding to hear that people are listening to my stuff there on YouTube. Uh, but That's what, cool. but what is, is drawn you? I mean, cause you obviously, you, you yeah. listen to Filippo and 11 Yanks and Pete, uh, the give and go. There's all these content providers starting from scratch, talking soccer. What was the lure for you? Because you obviously consume a lot of this. Um, I mean, originally, if you go back all the way to where my my interest in, I mean, it's, it's kind of a long road. At first, I guess in the late 90s, it was the women's team that I was following. That was maybe my absolute first inclination to follow soccer. So um, the 90, the 99ers. Yeah. 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 And then... Um, and then, you know, I would like, because I was, I grew up in, in um, California. Like I'm not a, you know, somebody who, and my parents weren't, uh, you know, from Europe. I mean, I guess my family's from Europe back in the day, but I mean, I was born and raised in America. So a lot of people that, I, that I've met that are like kind of pretty big soccer fans, like their dad's Argentinian or their mom's Mexican, or, or, or they grew up in, in Germany and they moved here when they were 12 or something like that. I, my story was just, so I actually got a late start in soccer. Um, I suppose it in, I don't want to date myself, but I will. Like, and I was <laughs> hey, you're up with the oldest guy in soccer, so feel free. <laughs> I was already 22, you know, in 1999. And, and so I, and I, I was like, I started following maybe like, you know, Ronaldinho and Messi back in like the early 2000s. Um, and, and I watched maybe a couple Barcelona games, but I mean, maybe like two in my whole childhood. Um, so then I really started getting involved in 2006 when I was in Europe. During the World Cup, just uh, Germany, was that well, the two? No, that at the World Cup, I was yeah. just in Europe, traveling yeah. through Europe, and the World Cup was going on. And just that enough, that alone, I didn't go to any games, but just watching that experience of of um, of just just seeing an entire continent absolutely consumed with something like that in such an amazing and insane way, I'd never experienced anything like that. And I mean, I know some Americans are going to think, oh, well, I mean, I'm a big Super Bowl fan. And when my team's in the Super Bowl, like, yeah, they ain't seen nothing. It's not analogous, you know, because I'd watched Super Bowls my whole life. And, and and this experience in Europe was just like life changing for me. Honestly, I mean, life changing might be slightly dramatic, but at least in a sporting context, it was life changing. But you're a huge sports fan. You consume it. And look, I I, yeah, I yeah. saw you at the LAFC playoff game. I follow you on Instagram. You were at F1. Uh, you were watching. Obviously, you, you travel a lot. So, so yeah. sports is a big part of your day to day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see, ironically, even at this age, I would say the last few years has become a bigger part with F1 and soccer being even more um, pronounced in my life. That I would say, because I'm just starting to get into F1 the last few years as well. Um, yeah, sports is, but I, and I was always a huge football fan, the Raiders. So, yeah, sports has been a pretty big part of my life. Did so you were saying, like your family, like your, your parents, all that, would they, they didn't really watch a lot of soccer. None. Well, I can relate None to you. None of my parents have ever watched a soccer game, except well, maybe that, I, I made them. Look, I, all I do, soccer's my life. That's how I put food on the table. It's my life. And my dad, if I had if I to put a gun to his head and ask him the difference between Man City and Man United, he'd go, I'm sorry, just son. I'm sorry, son. This is it. I'll kiss you goodbye and we'll move on. He, yeah. doesn't, know, no, he doesn't know anything about sports. So, yeah. uh, but I mean, the soccer thing is something I've kind of mined myself as you have, but I think that's a great approach, right? Cause it's, it, it, it's organic and we, we are, we get the hook. No one's kind of told us how it is. We've seen it with our own eyes and said, this yeah. is something I want to get into. 
And I do think there's a lot of people like that, um, young, a lot younger than us that are just, I, I, you know, like baseball is kind of the opposite. Like if you're not raised in a baseball family, your chances of becoming a baseball fan are probably pretty slim. I feel like soccer, most people that are becoming soccer fans in, in America now, um, their families don't know like ours is like shit about soccer. But we got to create fans. I mean, there's, that's a big job, right? Cause we're not, we're not passing it down from generations. This is really interesting actually to, to see how someone can, we can bring that to them. I mean, how, I mean, what, that's a big question, but how do we do that where we can find someone say, take a look at this. We have soccer on TV all the time. What are things that you might, that'll work for you? Or, I mean, I could talk about it just obviously watching games, learning about it, even though it's pretty difficult to, uh, to learn if you don't know what's going on, because it's pretty convoluted. I mean, you got Champions League. That's a big question. People don't know the difference. It's incredibly convoluted. Which I, which, <laughs> we're which we're screwed. Awesome. We're never going <laughs> to. I think that's, I think it's great. Like my favorite thing about soccer by far, like there's no close second place is its international nature. And that's what makes it complicated, but that's what makes it, you know, the, the world's game. And to me, that's what makes it the best sport is the, is like how international it is. Me too. I, I agree with you. And uh, I, when I was doing is, it, is learn- that your main, like if you had to rank the aspects of, of soccer, is that why that's your favorite sport, you'd say the international nature. Yeah. Cause when I would, uh, when I was getting into it and like, I would learn, I was a clean slate and then we would, we were at Fox and we'd start doing German Bundesliga and we would talk about these teams. I go, why is it called Schalke 04? And I'm curious. And I'd learn about this and the town that it's in. And then you'd see the supporters and I think the thing coming in clean on a historical side of it and why this team hates this team and why this rivalry is important and, you know, why, playing within this tournament and beyond, even though it was a lot of work, that was the lure for me. And, uh, and the World Cup uh, to me is the real, the, the best aspect of, of the international nature of, of soccer. Just the fact that like, all these countries play each other and it's all those, those countries are all consumed with that game. I mean, com completely consumed. Like, I mean, I think Ghana, like, I think a lot of countries like have national holidays when, when they have these games. I mean, it's Stop just, what they doing. It's such a cool way to like relate to another country and relate to your own, the people in your own country through sport. So, I don't think any other sport does it that way. That's the launch point, the world cup. It has to be it. And anything that falls off of it, at least looking from a U.S. perspective is how we can get excited about that's got to be it. And I think people knew that. And we have a big one in 2026. Um, that's an understatement, yeah. <laughs> we have, but that, that scares me, Brett, because everyone's like, this is going to be huge. Uh, we we got to get it right, though, because it's a, that opportunity may not come. We might get, we'll probably get a World Cup in another 20 years. Yeah. But it feels like, okay, it's here. And every day we get closer and go, we're doing all the right things to seize that opportunity we have a copa america here there's another thing um i i worry that maybe we're not doing everything that is required but I mean, that's just me being a little paranoid there's no way we'll do everything yeah that's that, that we should be doing but i think we're going to do a hell of a lot better than we would have done if this world cup was coming even four years ago certainly yeah. eight, 12 years ago i think we're finally prepped to do a really good job so I, we, you're working for U.S. Soccer. You were doing some, or you're like an ambassador. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've talked to to JT a few times, and and there might be some. There's a lot of things that I put on the table that I want to do. I don't know how how realistic all of them are. But you got and, their ear. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I've talked to, you know, I've gotten to know everyone there. And um, I think there's probably some things I'll be able to execute on for sure. At a minimum, yeah, I have a good relationship with a lot of people there, but uh, potentially more than that. Well, that's 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 unprecedented because you know U.S. soccer has been very guarded. Just me personally, when I heard about this, because you know bringing in some of the the YouTubers there, openly critical of U.S. soccer to that game, I was like, that's kind of a eureka moment. You know, I've been I critical U.S. soccer, but I, I'm kind of like in the middle there. But it, it tells me that they're ready to kind of expand. Do you think they're in a position to? to open up a little bit? Well, I can say that U.S. soccer, see, I, I wasn't involved, obviously, or didn't really know the people at U.S. soccer, but I've heard a, a lot about what U.S. soccer has been like over the last 20 years, I mean, over 100 years, really. And uh, the CEO and a lot of the executives are all new. I mean, like the entire, basically, C-suite, let's call it, of U.S. soccer is new. <laughs> That's a great and point. Younger and I mean, dare I say, like, because I don't know the, the the people that were there before them, but I would imagine they're like much more business minded and much more intelligent. I, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, well, I would be shocked if 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 the old regime was as um, impressive as this regime in my mind. And it's probably because they're also they're they're being a little more thorough about it. They they have more positions. They're looking outward for you know help, and I think that's back. yeah with uh, the sporting director. There's so many things that have changed. I, I don't know exactly. I, I couldn't pinpoint it, but I would say JT has a lot to do with it. I would say if there's like, if I had to put something at the top of the pyramid as to what's changing, it would be JT's involvement because he's made a lot of the hiring decisions. He's brought a lot of people from Stanford that are, he, JT's what I would call almost overqualified. And so are some of the people he's brought in. And by overqualified, I mean, they could make if a lot more, if not multiples more in the, I would call it the private sector. If they, you know, didn't work, weren't working for a nonprofit and they, and they went to like a, you know, private sector job, they could be making a lot more. So these people are sacrificing money because of the, the, the love of the sport and the desire for the same reason that I want to work with U.S. Tiger. And so when you start finding people like that, and then he starts finding more people like that, um, there's a lot of people at U.S. Soccer now in the C-suite level that are that could make a lot more in the private sector. And the, these, are, these are impressive people. So he reached out to you, but he's reached out to a lot of folks. And, and it's he, he I kind of a, to, well, no, other other execs at US Soccer got me in touch with him. I wouldn't say he reached out. Okay. Yeah. But he was open to to hearing about hundred percent. We spent a lot of time together. Yeah. And you've committed a lot of you've committed a lot of your time yeah. uh to 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 be able to see it to see what what everyone else could do and some new people. I I, I just think that's very rare from what I've known about US soccer. They'll say this is how we do it. It was kind of like a ma and pa shop. And, you know, we were growing. So I think that's expected because, you know, the sports is so small here. And now it's starting to burst at the seams with the players, um, the coverage, obviously, the our, our league here in Major League Soccer. And that's kind of a new step. So, I mean, with just what would you like to see? What are some of the things that you would like to do to see the exposure grow a bit? I mean, where can we go? Um, yeah, because you've yeah. had so much success on the TV, the, the, the streaming side, the TV side to, if you had a chance to promote us soccer, what were some things that you would, you would, uh, I mean, some of this prioritize? Is I've talked to JT about and told him that I wanted to do, and I don't know if I want to disclose all of it, but, um, fair enough. There's definitely some things that, that I would do. I would increase their social media presence. Uh, I would start a podcast. I would, um, you know, 
there's there's about a list of like 10 things that, that I want to do. And some of them may be more realistic than others. Some of them for budgetary purposes or, or what have you, or for political purposes. I don't, I don't know. Um, we'll see. But um, there's a lot of things. But, but this is the first time that I would, I would say U.S. soccer is up to the test. Whether that, and, and I don't mean that just that they're necessarily going to agree with everything I say. But I think they're up to the task in the sense that like they're aware of the moment and they have the like intellectual power now where it needs to be to like execute on what's what needs to be done. And I would say that it might be, and they're not a mom and pop shop anymore. I think that they're um, they're treating it more like a like a business, but also like I think finally an organization that that has the task of promoting soccer in the United States is such a big task. And I feel like at the, for the first time they're, they're up to that challenge. And that's not to say they won't be even better in 10 years, but I think they're miles from where they were even two or three years ago. Miles. And, I, and just the, the hastiness of the World Cup, I think we have to give them time. I think that's so encouraging to hear that this is something they'll build off. And we've seen that development. And even your point about having a bigger social media presence, you think that's a was a, a, a no-brainer, but that's something they haven't really had i mean it's so weird because they're transitioning so much which is why i'm like interested now in, in getting more involved because there's people like jt and their mindset has changed but they have changed so much in the last like two or three years from what i've seen and heard um so not they haven't they haven't changed everything they want to change like for example like there's there's just still a lot of things that are run the way that used to be run for a hundred years we're talking over a hundred i don't know how old it is. it's like it's like a hundred years old so you can imagine, you know, 98, 99 years of something running a certain way. So they're adapting as quick as they can. And that's why I'm saying like in five years, they're going to be a much smoother, larger, and even more impressive organization than they are now. So, you know, 2026, they have a chance of executing maybe 70% of what should be executed. I don't know, 80% um, versus like maybe the 20% they would have had if they didn't make any changes in the last couple of years. But are they going to be like full steam ahead? No, because they started this like a year or two ago. You know, if they had started five years ago, maybe they'd be full steam ahead right now. I don't think they're full steam ahead, but I, but I feel like they have the, the the pieces of the puzzle in place at least. I am fine with that because, you know, a lot of times they'd say this is the way we do it, but it clearly that's changed and they're accepted. But you can't expect zero to 60 in half a second, but they yeah. are they they realize the what what could be ahead of them with what they have and I'll, I'll give them all the time as long as you see that progress. And I think you've I certainly think seen that. The rights back was huge. They're crushing on that front. I think they're starting to crush on, on um, fundraising. And I just, I just think they're really like, Oh, and, and the NTC, I mean, the, the training center in Atlanta, that's game changing. Yeah. And just kind of got that off the ground. So, I mean, not literally it's not off the ground yet, but they have the ground. So, I mean, it's, that's massive. That's literally massive. You know, we're talking a quarter billion dollar, like forever investment, that'll be the cornerstone of that organization. I, there's just so much happening right now at U.S. Soccer that's exciting. That's the only reason I'm even, you know, interested in. I, I would never put that much time and passion into, into an organization that, where I didn't see an open-mindedness and, a, and, a, and the intellectual capabilities to execute on on everything that I wanted to. And, and so, if I wasn't as impressed with them, I wouldn't I wouldn't be putting the time, man. Like I got you know a lot going on. I, I <laughs> I love soccer, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, I'm not, I'm not just banging my head against the wall. And I don't feel like it's banging my head against the wall with them. That's awesome to hear. Cause again, that's what I think about is that you've got a lot all on your plate. So for you to, to spend some time there, obviously it's a, it's a very important, a labor of love, but obviously something that uh, you feel has potential. 
Uh, you're getting me hyped, Brett, but what hypes you about this national team? And we see one of the big things is following the players. And that's kind of new, seeing how they're doing in Europe. You know, everyone wants to do it. You, you go to social media, everyone's tracking Gio Reyna and Christian Pulisic, and it's been fantastic, the guys at PSV. But on the field, what are some of the things that have uh, caught your eye? On the, on the men's team, like as yeah. far as players or, or what? Um, yeah, as far as players or developments or what what's on the horizon. We have the Copa America, certainly oh, 24, I mean, the Nations League. This is the best three years probably to be a soccer fan. And I mean, the history of America, possibly not sounds like an overstatement. but It I doesn't mean, because there was nothing really. It, this was hiding in the, the shadows so long. Yeah, no, I mean, so like now's, now's the time. And, and the team, I mean, kind of similar. With, actually, the team in some ways, the men's team and now the women's team, it's somewhat similar to every comment that I made about U.S. soccer. There's a, there's a lot of parallels. It kind of it's a whole new generation of talent. Um, it's a type of talent that we've never seen before. They're young and they don't have like their complete footing. They're not in their prime yet. So, I mean, the analogies to, to, to what I just said about U.S. soccer are actually very consistent. But it's as exciting as it could possibly be because we have essentially the entire team now in Europe. And I'm talking like even all the 26-man roster, not just the starting 11. And I would say the starting 11 now, most of them, I mean, there'll be a point in the near future where the starting 11 are all starting on pretty top tier teams, you know, at least mid table teams in the top five leagues. I mean, that's just like, if you had told me that a few years ago, come on, like I, I wouldn't even been able to be convinced of that five years ago. What do you think about MLS? I know that's like kind of a bridge to there. And I saw you at some playoff game. Uh, we, we don't LAFC is great and that's a local club, but um, how long yeah, have you kind of kept tabs? You know, I'm getting more and more involved with MLS and more and more of a fan. Um, especially the, the, the LA teams. I have friends on the LAFC and friends on the Galaxy, which I know is weird and stupid. So like, like you're supposed to- Wait, we're, they're like 10 miles apart. It should be okay. I get the same so, feeling sometimes. I was like, don't look over there. I, go, I know those guys. I spent a lot of yeah, time down there. It's tough. But, but I mean, I grew up like, like I said, a Raiders fan. And the thought of being like a Raiders and 49ers fan was stupid. Like nobody would do that. So that's why I feel stupid saying I'm a Galaxy and LAFC fan. Um, but I am, so- you know, is what it is. One day you're going to have to make that big, tough decision. You're going to have to. I know. To... <laughs> I'm waiting for like. We're not there yet as a league, though. You don't really. There's not. I'm waiting for my friends to like leave one of those two teams. And then I'll be like, OK, I'm all in on this team. <laughs> but how can you do that? when I, I don't even post, bro, when I'm like at LAFC games because I don't want to piss my <laughs> friends off at, at the Galaxy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I don't think I storied or posted that game, even though, you know, it was an epic game. I just don't want to like piss people off. So it's a weird place for me to be able to whatever. I want to circle back, as you mentioned, the women's team, and obviously they had that World Cup, and your participation in U.S. soccer involves them, and this was a, a step back for a national team that was going full bore ahead. Uh, this is uh, It's an interesting time for them because they have to reset a few things. They got a new coach, and I, I, that kind of plays in part to what you were saying, that they did a big search, didn't you know mind their nickel and dime it or anything. They went after the best candidate and got it. Uh I worry sometimes that they may not be able to reach that because the rest of the world reached that level they were at because the rest of the world's gotten so much better. How's your confidence about where they can bounce back in the next year or two? I mean, I don't think anyone can be confident that we can dominate on the world stage the way we used to. It's just because the world has gotten so much better, you know? So that shouldn't be the standard. Um, but can we be in a position to win the World Cup in the next, in 2027? hundred percent. Our young talent, and I mean like really young, like 18 to 
22 on, on that team is like maybe is better than ever. So, yeah, I mean, I think, and, 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 you know, from what I understand, Emma is one of, if not the best female coach, uh, you know, in, in the world. Um, and by female, I mean, a coach of a woman's team. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say that I would be pretty upset if, if, and pretty surprised if the, if the women's team wasn't like in the top three teams at the next world cup, um, with a decent chance of winning. I just don't think we're going to go into world cups anymore. Like it's such a favorite that it's like almost a foregone conclusion that we're going to win the world cup. I just feel like there's, there's too much talent and like, which is a good it, thing, by the way, it's, it's good. It's I think it is a good, thing. yeah. Competition's yeah, good. Also nice, just dominating, but yeah, it's a good thing for soccer. I mean, you know, you know, well, my that's the problem with the because I know a lot of American fans. They love the women's team because when the World Cup rolls around, they just blow the doors off everyone, and they enjoy that. And I I enjoy that, but yeah. I think it's better for the game that there's going to be you know a little more equilibrium at the top, and we'll see how that goes. But Emma Hayes is a knockout as of you know that was universally approved as the coach. So uh, I think they'll it's a big job, but they'll obviously I think they're well equipped for it. I would also add having met a lot of the women and almost all of the men on our, on our respective national teams. Like these are some really cool people. I mean, I've been around a lot of athletes in different sports and I can't remember just, I don't know if we're just getting lucky or what, but it's this, they're just so, I mean, there's, there's, there's no arrogance. There's no um, ego. I mean, I shouldn't say none. I'm sure if I was the coach, I would probably, <laughs> but when, you know, I'm not, like I said, just, just meeting a lot of athletes throughout my life. It's just, it's really impressive uh, on both sides. Really impressive people. And people Bottom, you would be like proud of you know, as an American to, to be representing your, your country. That's awesome to hear. And uh, I do feel like, cause I love working in soccer circles because people are very grounded and they're real. You can have normal conversations. They remember your name. It's, and I, you know, and I worked at ESPN. I dealt with a lot of athletes and I love athletes of all sides, but I found out that like combat sports and soccer, they were like the most grounded. I really enjoyed the conversations. My final question for you, Brett, and with being on Netflix, and you mentioned we've mentioned F1 and Drive to Survive and the success they've had with their Netflix show, and you you also mentioned how great these American soccer athletes are. I mean, how do we bring that? I mean, whether it's a show like that, I know MLS has mentioned that's something they're trying to do, and I know that that might I don't know how far along they are, but getting these athletes out which is certainly something you can help with in the public eye to show them how great they are. And could that be a hook for people to enjoy the, this sport a little bit more? A hundred percent on the same page with you and don't want to like get any too specifics, but there's um, definitely it's on everybody's radar. All of those opportunities, like for sure, honestly, anything you can come up with now is on us soccer's radar. Uh, um, they they are implementing a lot of new things and executing on a lot of things. And I don't know, like what I'm, if I don't know what I'm supposed to say, or what, well, not just, I just default to the not say anything. <laughs> but but I, I can I can tell you that that um, they're that looking. These people are like on top of a uh, yeah, because uh, uh, I mentioned a lot of things, and especially the JT. And I, and I was thinking that maybe he hadn't considered this before, or you know that it hadn't been brought to to his attention. And like most of them had been thoroughly considered and and are either dismissed because of good reasons or are likely to be implemented. And, and that includes everything that you just said. 
Okay. If you need an executive producer. Okay. You kind of can read between the lines just because it would have been a a non-starter if you said, no, they're not looking. But the fact, just the simple idea that they're listening is, I think, music to ears of a lot of people. And if you need an executive producer for any projects, I am available. Uh, I'll drop you a note later on. But Brett, this was fantastic. And I appreciate you carving out a little time. I know you have uh, a lot on your plate with U.S. soccer and so many things. But thanks for chatting with me here on uh, in the business end of the soccer OG. Soccer OG, man. I love it. It's a, it's a pleasure. Oh, what a guy. Brett Oppenheim. You could check him out on Netflix, but check him out in U.S. soccer circles, doing great voiceover work as well. We'll be back with Check Complete, where we'll do a, a state of U.S. soccer and MLS and what's going on. It's been a busy news week. We'll be back. Time now for Check Complete, and with all the conversations happening this week, right at the end of the year, with regards to MLS and their roster changes, and the U.S. Open Cup, and U.S. Soccer, where they stand, and U.S. Soccer responding where MLS teams will, in fact, uh, participate with their senior teams in the Open Cup in 2024. Figure it's a, a nice moment here to open things up and let it all come out here. I mean, I'm going to talk from a, a position uh, where I have seen so much and I wrote down a ton of notes. So it might be a little stream of consciousness, but I want to be fair. And I always look at you know our echo chamber certainly on social media I don't want to lean into that because that's a sliver of the U.S. soccer fan base but a lot of the U.S. soccer fan base is not nearly as sophisticated or passionate about the sport as that sliver that we see in social media they spend a good portion of their day and I want to be fair to them not the ones who scream and say uh let's have an open system let's have um Pro rel, and if you don't agree with me, you're a fraud. And I get that a lot, and I'm tired of it. Uh, because as we look at, I will preface this by saying that with Major League Soccer, and I'm in agreement. I'm in. I, I work for them. I love the league. I love the league's cup. I love what they've done. I love the Apple TV deal. It's incredible what they were accomplished, and I love the Open Cup. And I will preface this by saying, as a fan of MLS, I would like to see a expansion of the salary cap, which we didn't really get to. And, you know, this echo chamber too, they have their favorite expressions called take the training wheels off, which is so, it's kind of insulting because MLS has taken the training wheels off. This is a success story. Can we agree with that? This is a league that was hanging over the precipice time and time again. Contraction was this close to maybe going out of business, had two owners, and now they have, Dozens of owners on these 29 clubs. 29 clubs, 22 new stadiums. It is uh, incredible. You have a lot of mouths to feed. And you have lessons in the past from U.S. soccer. But I would like to see an expansion of the salary cap. Not a huge one, but those steps towards where maybe an extra player. Because they have got so much more talent here. And this was a, think of that. This was a 20-team league. And all those players were concentrated on. Think about these teams that you would have. Be spectacular but they're shared around. But you have high-profile talent like Lionel Messi. You have uh, burgeoning young talent like Denny Puanga, young talent like Facundo Torres coming over from Uruguay playing for Orlando, young American talent being developed, Central American talent, the young South Americans coming, young European talents coming too uh, from everywhere. This is a a league where people want to play, and it's a fun league to watch. But I would like to see an expansion of the salary cap. 
Someone who loved U.S. Open Cup. I want to see MLS teams there. And the decision was made. I, 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 as I, I got in line and agree with it. But uh, the U.S. Open Cup, uh, in, our, in our closed system, for lack of a better word, uh, I, this one's a hard to explain, but it's this is a U.S. Open Cup tournament that I, I, I loved. I wish more people were as passionate about it that were talking about it this week and actually going to see games, which that's not ever happened. U.S. Open Cup has always struggled. It hasn't grown. There's these comparisons to the FA Cup, and I'm like, stop right there. And I, I, I sent a tweet about that, and people were up in arms, and I go, the U.S. Open Cup is not the FA Cup. MLS is not the Premier League. I understand there's some uh, comparisons. There's par- parallel moments between the two. But the FA Cup is ingrained in Americans. It is not with regards to us here in this country. But I still love it, and I think there's a part of it. And even if you know MLS Next Pro teams had played in there, there was, there was uh, you know... It, in a normal tournament, MLS would play their younger players until someone made a run into the quarterfinals if they're getting close to within a trophy. And all those things can affect the business of MLS. Um, the announcement for Don Garber caused a massive reaction. And as I said, I think a lot of it was insincere because as it applies to U.S. soccer, there hasn't been much support. Uh, MLS is a business. And from what I'm hearing, there is a demand for MLS to help all of soccer. In the U.S., uh, that, that doesn't happen in any other sport. The NFL is not helping college football or, I mean, to a lesser degree, some, you know, everyone's on its own. So we've got to keep in mind how they do things in the rest of the world and how we do things in the United States. And MLS has followed a United States format, and it's worked for them by and large uh, to this point. So to say that MLS has to help USL and the lower leagues and amateur leagues it sounds great but i i would say also that you know mls has to take care of itself first and foremost mls is a league that as much as you think uh is might be raking in money you've got a there are a lot of it's not just it's not the nfl it's not mlb you know shohei otani signed a 700 million dollar Contract, I can assure you, and you know, Lionel Messi's an outlier. We'll never have a $700 million player. Um, with regards to players signing here, I, I don't think you'll have half of that. Uh, I don't know what Messi's making. Obviously, that is uh, as that one, but Otani's not alone. There's guys making $200 million, $300 million, $400 million in MLB, which is a sport that many people think soccer and MLS is going to pass here soon. And that's not the case. So I've mentioned the comparison to the English game, and the reaction was, uh, you know, a little cray-cray. You know, Sebi Salazar, a good friend of mine, he's been on the pod, saying that U.S. soccer should take away the D1 status. I mean, I mean we're, we just exaggerate a little bit. We go overboard, I should say. I mean, who would replace D1 status? Would it be USL? Do we not have a Division One team uh, league? Because if that happened, soccer in this country goes, I can assure you. The interest is not there where we might think it is. It feels like it when we see the outrage in that in the echo chamber, but isn't. I saw Seton O'Connor, a guy I like a lot, who had a great um, just comment on the Dan Patrick show, uh, 
And there's this, you know, this outrage is a byproduct of this romance viewed outwardly of a football system that is at work, that is compelling. The pyramid, the beautiful system. There's no denying it. I love it. That's what got me into soccer, watching Pro Rel in, in England and Germany, in Brazil and Argentina. Could it work here? Maybe. I can't say. But what I can say is if you try it, it would be a big risk. Especially MLS trying it will with so much at stake. There's no guarantees. So they say, let's try this out. And if it doesn't work, I'm telling you, all this could go away. You know, MLS is a business built a league of 29 teams, 22, 23 stadiums, tons of wealthy investors, many of which were drawn into soccer by an open system like I was, like you were. Uh, I can assure you they have a much better product than they had two years ago, four years ago. They have Messi. They have a relationship with Liga MX. You have this $2.5 billion broadcast deal with Apple. They have accomplished some great things. But will you be willing to gamble that at an open system? Um, as an MLS employee, this is what I know. The, the, this, I'll say this about MLS fandom that I deal with working for LAFC. I would put it at 70% of the fans who come probably don't know what these competitions mean, don't know anything about a pyramid um, or know a little bit. They don't know about the CONCACAF Champions Cup, the U.S. Open Cup, the Campeones Cup. They come to a game, they want to enjoy the game, and they see it as part of an American system. This is the prototypical MLS fan. I do these explainer videos. It keeps me gainfully employed. I love doing them. But if I did them, if I was an employee of... Uh, Luton Town, and I said, Luton Town will be playing in the FA Cup in the third round. They will be facing Sheffield United. And in this game, what would it mean? They would go, get the hell out of here. But we do it here because most fans that are new to the game have no idea what all this means, what this competition means, what that competition means. Um, uh, many of these fans um, don't want to know what it means. They're happy coming to their game on a Sunday or a Saturday, and getting back. And then we, we tell them about this other game, and as exciting as it sounds to me, or someone who loves soccer, we have a Campeones Cup on Wednesday against Tigres. They're like, what does this mean? I don't know. Many of the fan, U.S. fans who love the open system spend so much time taking shots at MLS. Um, I, I just wish there was a more... It, it just seems a little pointed for a spot where they can get a, a bit of a soccer... Fix. I mean, if that's if you want to really watch, spend time soccer. Get your watch the games you are. Don't look at MLS because it's different. Uh, I am telling you this also. It likely won't work if you want to do an open system. Maybe not now. And I've always pictured an open system. And I mentioned. I think I mentioned it with Brett. Uh, well, I think I did it off air. Maybe one day MLS within MLS has an open system of pro-rel. They have 30 teams. They have 14, 15 teams in the first division. And then you have 15 teams in the second division. If you drop down, you can come back up. And if you win the second division, uh, you get a nice check. So there's a lot of benefits to winning the second division. Maybe within MLS it works. And you could bring other clubs into it. I saw Alexi Lala suggesting that MLS buy USL and then you can have pro-rel. Not the worst idea. So, uh, but all of that that is said, 
about what MLS can do to help U.S. soccer. The MLS Foundation, uh, the stadiums, Apple, Messi. I mean, what do you have left to offer? Might would it would would it work if you try to instill an open system in twenty or thirty or forty years? You know, MLS provides an American alternative. Why? That's why I you know I I don't like the comparison to the European leagues, and it may not feel complete. Um, it, it it has to compete for Amer- with American sports too, right? And sorry if I'm dragging on a little bit. I'm trying to get these points in. Uh, I hope you're able to follow on. I think I'm following along with myself. So the Americanization of soccer, will that work? I don't know either. It's happening now with MLS. We've seen some positive signs. But creating new fans, um, and remember many of them will come without that romanticism that we've had for this small percentage of fans that are loving soccer. And I will get into that here because the growth of soccer, it's been good. It hasn't been great. It's been good. It's always the next big thing. We have seen incredible broadcast deals. We mentioned the Apple deal. La Liga ESPN, $1.4 billion that goes through 28 and 29. Amazing. How often do you turn on for a La Liga game? I bet you it's not that often. And I'm sure they're not seeing the payoff for $1.4 billion. In fact, that was the most expensive deal at the time. And when it comes back up, and granted it's going to be in a long time, I can assure you that ESPN is not going to do something similar. And you've seen that with the Serie A, which is on Paramount. They had a smaller three-year deal, $75 million per. And they're already saying, we're not sure if we can bring that back. Uh, leaving it a bit in limbo. Uh, League On, who's with... Be in has an $85 million deal, I think, outside of France. I mean, that's everything for BN where they can show it in the Middle East and Asia. It it sounds doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it it's good. They want to go bigger there, but they're not going to get a big slice of that in the US. People don't care. The Bundesliga is a good deal, 30 million per year, and it goes through the 25-26 season. I know I sound a bit like world soccer talk with all these contract deals, but I think it makes uh, an, an interesting point. So you have the broadcast money coming in. Then you have new ownership with MLS, going back to MLS, that was may have been viewed to help U.S. soccer. You know, these owners come in and uh, have to drop a big chunk of change, whatever, it was like 250, 300 million. I think, forgive me, I have so many numbers in my head. Uh, those owners want to help themselves. Do they want to help U.S. soccer? Uh, I don't <laughs> look it's within MLS. No one's making a ton of money and, and I'm putting it kindly with right now. This is all to build in the future. They're investing in the future of the sport and we've seen good signs, but not across the board. There's still a lot to do um, with regards to making this the sport that can pass hockey uh, and baseball at some point. There is the groundbreaking, go back to the Apple deal, a game changer as quoted by Don Garber. MLS clubs, $250 million. And I heard this a lot from our echo chamber on social media that that money puts these MLS clubs on very good ground. It's a 10-year deal, but let's break it down. $250 million, 30 teams, so let's say $8 million each if that just goes to the clubs, which it doesn't. MLS is paying for productions. 
There's different streams of incomes for MLS clubs. There's the ticket sales. There's ad money, which is not huge. And also keep in mind, when the local broadcasts went away, that was a stream of income that MLS clubs had that they don't have anymore. So when you share it with all these teams and you know that money can go by away quickly. The old deal with ESPN was 90 million. So the Apple deal is amazing. It's a ha- it's a, it's a, a great achievement and I wonder what else was on there but nothing good as good as that. Um the Bund- the uh, Premier League with whatever it's 2.7 billion until 2028. So that was done in 2021. Now, the Premier League has been a good success story. And I just saw that Manchester United-Liverpool was the second highest rated game. It was like $2.2 billion, which is amazing. Amazing. That's a big price tag when that's the top scale when you compare it to other sports. That's a, that is a, uh, that's still, that's a one game too. I mean, most of the games don't really see too much viewership, much better than MLS or anything else. Uh, the Champions League's another one, and I didn't really pull that up, but that is so handcuffed by UEFA, you know, that CBS is, they, I don't think they have control of the ad sales on it. So it's very constricted, even though it's high profile, their, their production looks great. It's not, a, uh, it's not a situation where they can just briskly bring in all this money with regards to that. I would just say this, what if there was no Apple TV deal? And they didn't have much of a sports platform. I say this too because I I still think soccer is in a precarious situation. It's doing good. I think all these broadcast deals won't improve in many years. They might be less money for that. And there's a lot of pressure for everyone to get the most out of it. Soccer hasn't delivered numbers worth those price tags. That's just reality when you look at it. We the, the soccer properties are getting more money then the ratings or the viewership or the streams or the downloads or whatever you want to call it are delivering. Um, I'm looking at the business of soccer and the streaming companies. And let me pull this up because this was interesting because everyone does their own streaming company and soccer's um, a big part of that. But let me scroll this on. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery in talks to merge with Paramount. You know, and Paramount has a big soccer base. I love Paramount. Champions League, Serie A, some U.S. soccer, U.S. Open Cup, among other things. You know, all these streaming services, which have benefited soccer, they're all contracting a bit. They're looking for partners, and in many ways, they might start looking like cable companies again, right? We got away from cable to get back into that. So this is, it's hard to make money, and we're seeing that with regards Um with regards to where it is going and it's going to be tough to keep all of this solvent. So I think I've spoken enough. I, I, I hope that made some semblance of clarity. I'm sure some parts it didn't. Uh, the news today is, it was interesting and I look forward to a get out to an open cup game. If you get a chance, if you're there and you're hell bent on this open system and, a cup competition, and I know many of you, because if the outrage was as big as the Open Cup, uh, for the Open Cup as it is on the field, then we would have a huge tournament. I know it isn't, so you got to talk the talk and certainly get out there. And I know I was, I tried to be thorough, and I probably 
said more than I should have on a few things, but that's the way we do here on the Soccer OG. We're an open book. We want to break down these things. Be happy to debate. Leave a comment wherever you can on my social media, Max Preto Sports on X, Twitter, or on Instagram, or on my YouTube channel. Check out my YouTube channel. We'll have a conversation about this, and I'll have a video a little bit more tightly packed to give you the finer details. want to thank Brett Oppenheim for joining us as well. Great conversation. We need more Bretts out there. If we get a few more Bretts, this sport will get a lot better with where we can go. But here we are. You know, you know, Enjoy the game. We've got to spread the game. But keep in mind, it, it, it still needs a lot of help and a lot of push. Support MLS. It's your league. And see if you can kind of channel in the fandom. It's a good product. I love it. Or listen to us on Apple TV. We have a lot to discuss the soccer OG will be here for the rest of 2023 I hope you guys have a happy holiday season and we'll be back in 2024 to continue the conversation but until then Placido Domingo